The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Episode one is free agency. Episode two is the draft. Episode three is called learning the process. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to make it about like guys learning, you know, like all these draft picks and undrafted free agents coming in and, and learning how to be a bill and also like the guys who've been around a while like Lorenzo like learning things about himself Jordan Poyer learning things Tremaine mm-hmm. learning how to be a leader you know we, we, we tried to focus on him a little bit too he's stepping up this year yeah and then episode four is about being a Buffalo Bill and like what the Bills mean to the community Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we have a great show for you guys. We interview Emmy Award-winning producer from Pagula Sports and Entertainment, Michelle Girardi Zumwalt who has had a major role in a lot of media you've seen coming out of One Bill's Drive, including Playoff Caliber, End of the Drought, Beyond Blue and Red, and Trey White's Goalie Academy, and many more great pieces just like those. But in this episode, we discuss the series Embedded and its Season 2 premiere coming out on July 21st at 7 p.m. on YouTube and buffalobills.com. So without further ado, our interview with Michelle. The approach has been just to find good players and, and who fits not only the skill set for the positions that we're looking for, but the culture and the people. She is a supervising producer for Pagula Sports and Entertainment and has worked in the past as a producer for NFL films on shows such as Inside the NFL, Sound Effects, and the very popular Hard Knocks series on HBO. She's been gracious enough to come on the podcast and talk about the premiere of the behind-the-scenes series Embedded, back for season two, which premieres this Sunday, July 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and buffalobills.com. I'm joined by Michelle Girardi-Zumwalt. Michelle, it's great to talk to you. How are you? 
I'm fantastic. I'm really excited about the premiere tomorrow night, so thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on to, to discuss that. And I'd like to start off our discussion with your work as a producer with NFL Films. Now, how much different is your work between a show like Embedded, which you're working on as a Bills employee, as opposed to Hard Knocks, where you weren't employed by the team? Well, it's different in a lot of fronts. Um, you know, when we work on when we work on Hard Knocks, you go in as a group of outsiders who don't have any prior, typically prior relationships with the players, the coaching staff, and you have to come in, try to get them to trust you. You're, the staff is so much bigger that you're kind of in every room, in the spaces at all times. Whereas with Embedded, the, the team already knows, you know, our staff, our crew, they're already familiar with us. We already know their stories. So when we show up in the locker room, they're not looking at us or thinking too much about it. We just kind of blend in a little bit more. And, of course, we're also thinking as Bill's employees or as Bill's staff members, we want to tell a great story that reflects uh, well on our franchise. Okay, great. So they're able to let their hair down a little bit more. I mean, I think you can argue that in Hard Knocks, the hair is let down eventually because the cameras are everywhere. And eventually you just kind of forget about them or accept it and get used to them. And when you have a camera in your office say, as a head coach, recording everything you say, inevitably, you know, the truth is going to come out there. Um, but what I like about Embedded is that we do have that kind of prior relationship with the players, and we, we can kind of get to the heart of the better stories because, you know, we already know them and, and know their stories. Okay, great. So what would you say is the biggest difference in tone between the two series and what you're producing on one as opposed to the other? Well, I mean, I think everybody kind of knows Hard Knocks now is a series where they introduce players and get you to love them in order to watch them get cut in, you know, episode five or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and they, they do tell positive stories on, on Hard Knocks. Um, I loved working on it. I think it's a great show and a great insight for fans. But with Embedded, you know, I'm not saying that we're just telling a completely positive story because, you know, how much fun is it to watch only the good stuff? We want to get in there and show you truth and, and a little bit of the greater side of it, but... Um, you know, we want to really show team or show fans how great this team is, how great our players are, and the things, the positive things that we see in the office every day that the average fan doesn't get to see, and really, you know, put that out there for everybody to to be able to witness. Okay, great. So, in the first season of Embedded last year, you followed the team through training camp and part of the preseason. Where did you follow the team for season two? So season two, we wanted to do something a little bit different. You know, we did training camp last year. Everybody, you know, got to really, I think, know Coach McDermott a lot last year. And this year, we wanted to focus a little bit more on Brandon being in the front office and then also on the stories of the players. So we decided to tackle the offseason. We thought it would be kind of unique. A lot of teams do, you know, a training camp series or they have a series where they follow the team sort of throughout the year. Um, but nobody really goes hard on the offseason except for maybe – you know, a war room coverage or maybe a little bit with their GM and scouting staff before the draft. We wanted to really get in there and show you everything that's going on between January and the end of minicamp. Okay. So, well, last season, each episode was released in four separate weeks. And this season, the team decided to post all four episodes at once on July 21st. Is that your way of allowing the diehard fans to binge the series like they would their favorite series on Netflix? Exactly. Yeah. So the, the tricky thing with doing the off-season show is you either release it, you know, as things are happening. So you release episode one focuses on free agency. So you release that right after free agency or, you know, you hold it and hold everything and release it over the summer. Well, once training camp starts, everything that happens in the off-season 
is not as interesting. Well, once training camp starts, you don't you don't care so much about free agency. You want to know the training camp stories. Mm. So we had this window of July, pretty much, to to release everything. Um, and so we we talked about it as a group and decided that it'd be cool. You know, everyone's used to now and really enjoying being able to binge full seasons of shows all at once or you know one night at a time, however you want to consume it. So we thought we would give it a shot and try releasing all four episodes all at once and and see how Bills fans respond to that. So the first season of Embedded granted a lot of behind-the-scenes access to players and also the coaching staff and front office. Can fans expect that same level of access in season two, and can they expect anything different? Yeah, I mean, I think we get you get even more access in, in season two. Um, you know, last year we were in uh, a lot of team meetings, which was awesome. Um, I thought that was really cool access for fans to have that they'd never really had before. We were in Coach McDermott's meetings with his coaching staff, which was also really unique. This year, we get to go home with players. Uh, we went out to San Diego to visit Micah Hyde. And while we were there, there was a sort of family dinner with some of the players in between San Diego and L.A. that we got to to film. Uh, we went hiking with Shaq Lawson in Arizona. We are in uh, Brandon Bean's office when the uh, schedule release comes out. So it's it's cool. There's there's a ton of little neat behind the scenes moments. Um, you know, players when they arrive back at One Bill's Drive, you know, for um, for voluntary workouts, they have these these cool um, events where they have obstacle courses and and tug of war. I think that um, you know clip just came out yesterday that everybody got to see. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of fun to see these things that like you never you never knew that the players were doing you know during these months. So you mentioned the scenes with Micah Hyde seeing his house and and seeing him interact with other players like Josh Allen and, and having dinner in San Diego. I mean, how do you determine up front which players you want to showcase, and are most of these players eager to even be on camera? Well, first I looked up which players are in San Diego that I can visit in March, and then I went. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. We kind of had a meeting at the end of last season and talked about you know who would we maybe want to showcase, who who would make you know who are the players that, that fan we think could have a big year, have had big years that fans want want more of, and also who's who you know wants to be on camera and who has a great personality and Micah I mean it's just it's a no-brainer that you know he's really personable he's a lot of fun he's a great guy and he's an awesome player so um and we also knew that he was just buying a house or he was house hunting in the winter and ended up just buying a home um right before we got there in March so we thought that would be a really fun story his wife is also you know a really great personality really lovely woman so um that was kind of a no-brainer and then the, the dinner kind of came from there Josh Allen obviously you know, the fans want more of the quarterback and they want more of this quarterback because he's such a great guy and so much fun. Mm-hmm. So you know, he's another one that we absolutely knew that we would follow. Tredavious White, nobody, you know, you can't get enough Tredavious. So, <laughs> um, you know, we just kind of, we went with what, what made sense schedule-wise, story-wise, personality-wise. And, you know, sometimes you, you hope for things to work out and they just don't, you know, it's just schedules are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for us and for them. So mm-hmm. we, we did the best we could to give the fans some of the more dynamic personalities on the team. So you're able to show players as they've never been seen on the field and in practice or in games, but also on a personal level. And last season, you showed a child taking part in Bill's practice through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. How important is it to show these stories through Embedded? And can fans, can Bill's fans expect to see more of that in season two? 
So, yes, I mean, those stories are absolutely my favorite thing to cover as a producer, you know, working in sports for all these years. Um, You know, seeing a kid's face light up and his dreams come true by meeting, you know, a a coworker of yours, you know, a person that I see all the time. It's just it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable to see what the the effect that these athletes and even the coaches can have on these kids. So um, that's something that we're passionate about covering. We do not have. So what you're referring to is the honorary captain where. Um, where a child comes and, and he participates in the uh, return of the blue and red practice. So that obviously won't happen until training camp. So mm-hmm. it won't be covered in these first four episodes, but we do plan on covering it and doing a really cool episode where we mic up players and mic up the kid, um, you know, when that event happens on August 2nd. Okay, great. Great. So in, in, in last season, there were no narrators for that series, but in this season, we have Kyle Williams narrating the entire series. How did this come about, and was this the plan all along? So the narrator thing is interesting, because when I was at NFL Films, everything had a narrator, and I did a lot of script writing. I worked on Inside the NFL every week, which obviously has you know a very famous narration. Um, and when I got to, to PSC and started working for the Bills and Sabres, I really cut back on the narration. I liked letting the players kind of tell stories in their own words and I was trying to do something different um, and so last year for embedded when we were just focused on training camp it was a lot easier to find transitions between scenes without bringing in a narrator and writing your own lines and editorializing in any way and then this year when we talked about it it was like well we're going from you know Brandon Bean in his office to Micah Hyde in San Diego like the, the, the transitions aren't necessarily there and when you're trying to come up with you know a season of a show thinking of like which scene is going to go in which episode and which, you know, well, what is the theme of each episode going to be? It's just, you help yourself a lot by having a narrator who can kind of help the viewer make the connections between the scenes. So that was why we decided to, to try it out for season two. And then Kyle Williams, um, you know, he, he's not a, a well-known narrator, but obviously the man can do anything. We know that by now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's <laughs> multi-talented. So oh, yeah. I think in one, in uh, one of our product, early production meetings, Jeff Matthews, who's our, uh, the Bills Vice President of Broadcasting, just kind of threw his name out there. And everybody kind of laughed, but he and I kind of made eye contact. And it was like, can we do, that's a great idea. That would be so much fun. Because we didn't want to just do, you know, an, an anonymous voice. We wanted it to be someone that the fans would relate to. So, um, you know, we asked Kyle to do it, and he agreed immediately. And we had a lot of fun having him record his narration. Now, you also recorded something around the Combine with uh, Kyle Williams doing kind of like a, a funny retirement combine, um, you know, doing certain things like, you know, I, I can't remember specifically, but like the bench press and saying Weasley where he took a nap on a bench and, and fun stuff like that. Is he around? Is he often around? Or is that just kind of like how it seems to be from fans like us that are watching from afar? So he's around, I mean, he's been around a couple of times this off season. I think you've seen him or seen something from him pretty much every time he's been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would imagine he'll, he's going to be around a lot more. I think, you know, he's, his connection to the city is really deep. And that's something that we really explore in season two as well. He's not just a narrator. He actually appears in the show, which is another funny thing that we had to try to figure out mm-hmm. how to make that make sense. Um, but, but Kyle loves Buffalo and he loves his team and his franchise. So I would imagine that, you know, you're going to be seeing a lot more of him. Okay, great. Great. That's awesome. So in general, you mentioned about all the production that goes into a series like this. There are four episodes, about 30 minutes each. And just to give listeners and fans an idea of how much work goes into a series like Embedded, how many hours of film 
go into that two hours of what we'll see on YouTube? Oh, great question. Um, many hours. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that another big difference between Hard Knocks and Embedded is in Hard Knocks, you kind of shoot everything. You shoot every single meeting. You are just rolling in the coach's office, coach's office anytime he's in there. You know, you're doing a ton of little, hey, let's take the players out skiing. Let's go home with so-and-so. And a lot of it doesn't make the cut. So you're shooting and shooting and shooting. I, forget, I used to know the number of, like, miles of film that they would shoot versus what actually made the mm-hmm. show. It's like, you know, 1% of what they shoot actually gets into the show. Whereas wow. Reddit, we were very – because our staff is so much smaller. So NFL films say there's – you know, 50 people working on it, whereas we have four or five. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they obviously can do that and cover a lot more than we can, but we need to be targeted in what we shoot. So mm-hmm. pretty much every single shoot that we, you know, thing that we shot made the show, you know, maybe it's only in there for a minute or 45 seconds, but, you know, we made sure that we weren't shooting things and then just throwing it away. But it's, uh, I mean, we shot from January. Our first shoots were um, Brandon Bean and the, and his scouting staff meeting about free agents mm-hmm. at the end of January during, remember when we had the huge snowstorm and mm-hmm. all the roads closed in Orchard Park, so that was really fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, oh, great, unprecedented access to the front office, <laughs> and nobody can get there. Um, <laughs> of course. So we, we had that. There was you know, a couple of snafus like that, but, um, you know, through the combine, through free agency, through those trips I said that we took, um, you know, players returning in April, Josh Allen coming here to sign autographs in February. Oh, yeah. uh, we might, we had at least one or two people mic'd up every day in OTAs and minicamp. Um, and then those like team bonding activities I was talking about, where you know they're doing an obstacle course or tug of war. We did, we, you know, we watched uh, Matt Milano and Taryn Johnson rehab. We followed Lorenzo Alexander, who's someone I forgot to mention, but also someone that we were we really wanted to cover not only because he's sort of the presumptive uh, leader, not that he wasn't a leader before, but with Kyle Williams, retiring, you know, Lorenzo is, you know, the longest tenured, um, not Buffalo Bill, but mm-hmm. the longest tenured NFL player on the, the team. Leader. Yep. Yes. Um, so, well, I guess, so, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He, he's been longer than Frank Gore. I think Frank is like two weeks older than him. So maybe, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, and he was also staying in Buffalo for the first time. So we, you know, he's a bas- he coaches the son bas- his son's basketball team. His son is playing hockey, and he became a hockey dad this winter. Wow. So sort of watching him embrace Buffalo as his fourth NFL city, and really, you know, fall in love with him here and embrace the culture here was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, we we did a lot of shooting. We we tried to give you a lot of players, and we tried to not just shoot them. You know, I, I keep saying shoot them, film them, uh, you know, once, and then you don't hear from them again. We try to keep them coming back in each episode so that you kind of see their story throughout the season. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So you and your team, I mean, besides Embedded, you guys have also produced some great work for Bills fans that include Playoff Caliber, End of the Drought, that documented the dramatic end of the 17-year postseason drought, and more lighthearted work like Trey White's Goalie Academy. So, I mean, how do you, as a group come up with these ideas? I mean, what's that process like? <laughs> well, um, Trey White Goalie Academy is from the mind of Tredavious White. So that, <laughs> we didn't have to come up with anything. He did all the heavy lifting. Um, uh, the Trey White Goalie Academy came from the mind of Tredavious White himself. So we didn't have to do any any hard work on that one. He came up with that one. Um, that one was we were shooting a Beyond Blue and Red, one of our other series with him. And when he was at the first Sabres game last season, and earlier in that day, 
we were trying to get the Bills players to, you know, say good luck to the Sabres and, hey, you want to, like, try on some of Marty's goalie gear, his old gear, like, for fun. And Tredavious just totally embraced it and went into this yeah. full character. Yeah. thought he was a Louisiana high school hockey player. And then at that night, we're shooting his Beyond Blue and Red. He kept, he kept staying in character with that. And we were like, Trey, we're, we're here to get to know the real you. Like, this, is, this isn't a joke. This is your Beyond Blue and Red. Like, this is your, your dramatic moment here. And, yeah. he, you know, he gave us what we needed for that, but he also... <laughs> just could not stop with this the Treyway goalie academy so we got the footage the editor was like i have to put this in mm-hmm. we debated and then ultimately decided we wanted to you know keep it separate and do like a mockumentary mm-hmm. and then that's how that was born and then the commercial after it was such a success the commercial was just a natural follow-up and he had a lot of fun with that um <laughs> and then uh playoff caliber was inspired by bills fans like you know everybody sending in their um videos of of the reaction to the bills making the playoffs after the drought. And, you know, we had so many of them, we made a shorter video right at the end of the season and we decided it would be, you know, a great idea to expand that and do a special and interview people and, and really, you know, turn it into something that we'll always have and always be able to remember. And it was really special thing to work on, especially after being in NFL films for 10 years before coming here and doing the Buffalo Bills highlight film at the end of every season, all these six and 10, mm-hmm. five and 11 years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh yeah, make the playoffs. And so it was really cool to finally be part of that. Oh, great. Great. Well, you have a, a very cool resume in general with all of your interesting projects that you've worked on in the past. But one important thing I left off your resume is that you were also the president and founder of the Bills Backers United Philadelphia chapter. Um, How did that all come about? So I was part of the New York City Bills Backers when I first moved to New York after college. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a column for them every week. um, Just, I guess it would be a blog now. This is like early pre like before blog was like part of the Mm -hmm. uh, the lexicon. Um, But I would just write up like, you know, what happened at the bar and try to make it funny and talk about the game. That was the 2004 season. Um, And I really loved it. And I became really tight friends. Like I still talk to these guys, you know, at least a couple times a month. Um, Matt Cable, a lot of people know him. Mm -hmm. Matt Sirecco, the two co-founders of New York City Bills backers. You know, they're, they're really good friends of mine. So anyway, I had such a good experience there that when I got the job at NFL Films, I had to move down to Philly for that. And there wasn't a Bills backers within the Philadelphia city limits. There was one that was sort of like 30 miles away, but I was 23 and living in the city. And I didn't want to have to drive, you know, 20, 30 minutes to, to go to the bar. So, um, you know, I went on message boards and found a couple other people who agreed that they'd love to, to find a bar in Philadelphia. And I kind of just, um, with, with another guy, we, we went out and, and talked to bars and, and it was kind of born from there. And we had several hundred, I don't, I don't remember the exact number, but several hundred people by the time I left to move back to Buffalo in 2015. Mm-hmm. So it's, it carries on. We, we had a few different bars, but it was so much fun. And I would send a weekly email and mm-hmm. I just loved getting people together for Bills games. And I loved kind of, especially in the ba- all those bad seasons, just kind of rallying the troops and, and getting everybody hyped up to come, even though. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're going to probably get killed by the Patriots again. Like, whatever, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. But I just, I, that's my passion is is getting other Bills fans excited. Like, I almost want the Bills to win more for everybody else than for myself because I love seeing how excited everybody else gets. And that's kind of what Playoff Caliber was about, too, is just watching all the Bills fans, the long-suffering Bills fans, finally yeah. getting their moment. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, and I miss it. And this also led into your 
career at NFL Films. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So because I was writing this this column at um, for the New York City Bills backers, I was really like, wow, how, how do you like have a job in football? Like, what can I do? I'm like, what, I'm not qualified to do anything in football. What, what can I do besides like, how do you be a fan that gets paid? Mm-hmm. You know, was kind of where I was at at that point. Uh-huh. And I had an, um, an English and communications journalism degree. And I was in New York trying to be, work for in book publishing. I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I had a, a coworker whose former college roommate worked in NFL films. And it was one of those situations where you never think it'll pan out. You're like, okay, I'll give her my resume and see what happens. And it just so happened that they'd lost a bunch of people to NASCAR that year. And they were hiring like nine or 10 full-time people, which almost never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they rarely hire full-time people, especially like, you know, right, right off the bat anymore. So it was just perfect timing. And um, they loved my writing about the bills and they loved how passionate of a bill fan I was. And then they taught me how to be a, a filmmaker, as they say, or a documentarian. So it was great. It was, you know, the best thing that's ever happened to me. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Well, besides my kids. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> yes, with all those other, yeah, of course. I understand completely. So, <laughs> Michelle, they can find all of, they can find the complete embedded series season two on Sunday, July 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and buffalobills.com. Where can they follow you on social media? I am at Shell GZ, so C H E L L E G Z on Twitter. And I think I am GZ Shell on Instagram because Shell GZ was taken. I'm never on Instagram. So, (laughs) Twitter. I only use that to stalk players to see if they're doing anything interesting. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, you know what? Thank you again for coming on and and talking about all of your work that you do for Pagula Sports Entertainment and for the Buffalo Bills. And we look forward to seeing the full embedded season two on Sunday night. Yes, I hope everybody watches and enjoys, and let me know what you think about it. Thanks again to Michelle for coming on the podcast and talking Embedded Season 2 with us. I was able to get a sneak preview of the first two episodes and was just as impressed as when I watched Season 1. So I think you'll all like it, and I look forward to catching the rest of the episodes on Sunday night. And in general, I mean, I was just thinking about this, besides all forms of social media, I mean, where else can you get this sort of behind-the-scenes access to the players on the team and the front office and coaching staff. I mean, really nowhere. I mean, the Pagula Sports and Entertainment Group has made it so much easier to be a fan with the sort of content they put out the past few years. And, I mean, just playoff caliber. I mean, that is a staple in our household now to watch before the beginning of each Bill season. I mean, it used to be I used to watch the greatest comeback game because I wanted to relive one of the best moments of my Bills fandom, but it's been replaced by playoff caliber since it showcases, to me at least, the best moment of being a Bills fan in the last 20 years. And uh, it's just done really well. So um, we're going to review the whole Embedded series soon on a future podcast when you've all had a chance to watch it in the next week or two. But with training camp starting next weekend, we may hold off until August since we're hoping to talk to some folks covering that. And also, don't forget to check out our Tee Public store, where we just put up three new Bills designs that are on sale for $14 for all t-shirts, including a new uh, Circle the Wagons design and the Game of Thrones-inspired designs of Winning is Coming and my new family shield, which should be everyone's family shield, House Buffalo. So you'll have to check that out. That site is tpublic.com stores. 
slash ctwpod. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. And, you know, leave us some comments about Embedded Season 2 on buffalorumlings.com. And uh, also, I mean, let us know if you'll be at training camp because we're looking to go there on the first Saturday. And we love talking bills with anyone that'll be there. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, follow us at ctwpod. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod. And uh, we follow back all Bills fans. So DM us there. Let us know if you'll be there. Um, We'll tweet that out. And uh, so, yeah. So for me, Nate, go Bills. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Hell yeah, I'm mic'd up. You on Embedded. Chill out. You on Embedded. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.